the time had come for the big reveal. In a note, Daria disclosed that in their first meeting, he had fallen in love with her, but dared not utter. Greetings, apreneurs. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Secrets podcast, the show that uncovers the secrets to win with books beyond book sales and dominate entrepreneurship. Through exclusive author interviews, stories, and must-have resources, you will discover some of the secrets and strategies to thrive with books and generate lasting income. I invite you to become an entrepreneur ambassador and join me in my mission to raise up 10,000 Caribbean entrepreneurs by 2030. Spread the word about the podcast and encourage more people to increase their impact and income with books beyond book sales. Without further ado, let's get into the show. I'm your host, C. Ruth Taylor, and in today's show, I'm going to be talking about my detour into fiction writing. And in the last episode, on episode 137, I told you I was contemplating whether or not I should publish Carissa's second chance on Valentine's Day. Well, guess what? <laughs> I ended up publishing the ebook of Carissa's second chance. And then I had an online soft launch of Carissa's second chance, my first novella on Valentine's Day. And I really surprised myself because I really thought that this is something I couldn't do. I remember when I interviewed Joanna Penn and Dr. Sharma Taylor, that I said that I would at least try this once. But I, I really didn't give it much thought. I didn't have any plans for 2024 to write a novel. Uh, normally in November, we have our annual rocket writing challenge. And I know I have better than I dreamed to still work on. And uh, I just finished Entrepreneur Secrets, the revised edition. And one version came out in December. And uh, the paperback only came out on the 19th of January, 2024. So I think about writing another book so I was completely shocked I was surprised when I found myself thinking of writing a novel but it was prefaced by a thought that what if this promise that I believe God has given to me that one day I will get married that what if that were to come true why not write? Use my imagination, what Walter Brueggemann calls prophetic imagination. Imagining a better future. Why not write something that would depict my faith in this promise and ultimately give me the future that I desire? And so with this thought came to write something about the promise. And it's as if something just came over me. The lead character would be representative of me, but I've written about my story so many times, you know, it's in my nonfiction journey. I didn't want to have the same starting point. And so the idea of fiction really made sense and starting at a different point. And then 
it felt easier to write about what I know. So Carissa's Second Chance is about really two authors falling in love. And I took the whole idea of the book of Ruth, that Ruth married an older man. So there would have been some age difference. And I thought about what would have been the challenges that they would have had to overcome. And if the promise were true, what would that look like? And I, it, I just started writing and in the space of two days, I was finished. And then I shared it with a friend who is a novelist and has been, you know, for many years, he was a teacher of literature. And so I sent the draft to him. And then when he sent it back to me, he said, you know, you need to work on the the pacing. He said it felt like a waterfall. So it was just too fast. And I was like, ah, that's why I don't want to write uh, fiction, you know, because you have to do all of these things and put in description. And then I had to go research pacing. What is pacing? How do you slow down um, scenes? And he talked about, you know, building out the characters some more. And so I had to do my research. But even in doing my research, there was just like a sense of urgency to just finish this thing. And so I created a kind of outline, which is similar to my nonfiction journey. And I knew what I wanted the end to be. The end would be that she would have a happily ever after, but the journey to that, how would that unfold? And the imagination just took over. I chose to use real places in the novel because at the heart of what I do is still <laughs> promoting the Caribbean, is still showcasing our region. So against advice I, I did that and I did some research that can a novel have real places in it even if the characterization is fictitious and I discovered that you could just like we have historical fiction <laughs> you know and so what surprised me as I shared in the launch on Valentine's Day was the joy and the excitement and the thrill that I felt and I was still able to make the corrections to build it out. So it went from 12,500 and something words to 16,000 something words in the end. And I sent it back to my friend and he said, you know, this is better now. <laughs> He was like, I'm like seven pages in and I feel like I can grab a cup of coffee and just take my time to go through this. And that was good enough for me. And as I shared the plot with uh, another friend, she was all excited about it. And my friend had affirmed that the plot was good. I knew just like with my nonfiction that I didn't want to write a big book. So I researched was the length of a novella and I found out it had to be at least 10,000 words. So it's between 10,000 and about 40,000 words. So I'm like, oh, this is just like 
writing Ruth like books, it's it's no different from my nonfiction writing the word count that I generally suggest to keep your cost low. And so I was aiming for at least 10,000 words, wondering if I could create enough scenes and imagine enough to get 10,000 words. And so <laughs> I was happy that I was able to get twelve over 12,000 words and then with the understanding that I needed to slow down the story and build out some more, I used my imagination and got it up to 16,000 something words. So it was like, yeah, <laughs> a verifiable novella. But the thing so excited me, I always thought that a book is the perfect spark to get the fire going in your personal life, career, ministry or business, but I never thought so much about fiction most of the time when I talk about author entrepreneurship authorpreneurship it's about what nonfiction can do but I am seeing based on the discussions based on what took place with this book and based on the title of this book Carissa's Second Chance that you can virtually do the same thing with fiction I can see conferences like People are eager to get this book. When I went to church on the 18th, which is Sunday, the day of this recording, people were like, I want your latest book. That was a surprise reaction because I haven't seen this kind of demand for any book that I've put out, you know, in a long while or even ever. And persons were like, do you have books with you? And I was like, what? <laughs> so the excitement is not just for me there seems to be something in the air maybe people like fiction more than non-fiction perhaps so in terms of how do I compare the journey of both my non-fiction journey and most of my non-fiction you know is narrative non-fiction so or their memoirs or I'm teaching things. So it's been easy because it's something within my area of expertise, but I'm also inspired. When I wrote my first book, it was similar. I had these scenes in my head. I had this outline of how I wanted it to be. And so in crafting the novel, I also had an outline. I mean, I just, I had an idea of where I wanted the story to go and base it around a theme, which was the promise and then I, I would have these topics. But as I wrote, you know, new things came. And I knew I didn't want to have more than 12 chapters, similar to my first book. And I pretty much just had this big idea of what these chapters would be about. And then I just started writing and imagination took over. It's almost as if something just exploded and I just continued writing. So the feedback for the most part from those who bought it or heard it has been good. One of the good thing is that, you know, this feat of writing and publishing a book in 10 days and then launching it in, in 12 days and even having a print proof in my hand. <laughs> this is the fastest. I think the printer has printed anything for me in one day. It's just been an amazing experience persons are saying that all these stories that they have they need to dust them off and and and, and publish them and this wasn't about 
writing to perfect the art. This was experimentation <laughs> and it became a delightful experiment. And I built out a whole story and I'm proud. I wrote this for me and I felt I could share it with my audience. And my audience, for the most part, is excited. People want the physical book. And when I did a little um, reading of the, the first chapter, uh, when I read it to somebody, that person was so excited. They wanted to read the whole thing. And so there is an imprint that is used in the story. The lead character, Carissa, is also a publisher, and their publishing imprint is Esperanza um, Publications. And so what I've done <laughs> to play around with this newfound passion is to actually publish Carissa's Second Chance, the ebook in the imprint of Esperanza Publications. And what I discovered is that, you know, I wrote this thing to give me some hope, and the Spanish for hope is Esperanza. And so Esperanza publications will be about writings for the heart <laughs> and not so much for the art. I mean, I do care about the art. I had a novelist look it over and I have a friend who, who teaches creative writing and is well-skilled in editing and teaching me how to really perfect the craft. But this is not what this is about. This is writing for the joy of it and to use fiction, to use our imagination, to give ourselves hope. And so I definitely know this won't be the, the first and only, you know, fiction endeavor that I'll engage in. And... um I just thought I'd share that, divert from what we were doing in terms of reggae month. And I just wanted to share that. And I said to myself, if I could write and publish a two-hour read, a novella, in 10 days, what else could I do? Sometimes we limit ourselves. We think well, there are so many things we, we, we can't do. Sometimes... The very thing that we resist is perhaps what it is that would bring us the greatest joy and fulfillment. It has so electrified me. You wouldn't believe. <laughs> you wouldn't believe the joy that this thing has given me. So enjoy this short read of part of chapter one of Carissa's Second Chance. And let me know what you think. <laughs> Your book is the perfect spark to get the fire going in your personal life, career, business, or ministry. Light that book spark today. Chapter one, reconnection. Is he still alive? Carissa wondered. It had been five years since she last communicated with him, but she had never forgotten him. Surely if he had passed away, someone would have alerted her by now. His daughter, perhaps? Every now and again, Carissa would check her social, his social media pages to see if by chance he had posted something there, but there was nothing. Then one Sunday afternoon, there it was. 
a message from him in her inbox. Carissa could scarcely believe it. Her heart skipped a beat. No way. Is this a dream? With trembling hands, Carissa tapped the screen and read the email, but did not reply immediately. How would she respond? He needed her help with his latest literary work. But why would he reach out to her, she thought. He was a writer extraordinaire, a philosopher, and an artist of no mean order, with several published works under his belt. Why her, and why now? This was the last thing she expected, and the timing could not have been worse. Only a few months prior, Carissa had chosen to put her business on hold until she could decide the best way forward, given the hardships she had recently endured. She knew she had to reply. Her heart wanted to. Suddenly, another communication interrupted her thoughts. Not only had he sent an email, but now he had also sent a text message. He still had her number after all these years. He again asked her to reach out to him. As she mulled over the text and the content of his email, she decided to wait before responding. Would she reopen for business just for him? Was it worth it? And what if he disappeared again? The last time there was no warning. He just disappeared. And why on earth should she care so much? They had met in person only once on a trip of his to her island. Their communication was largely online for those four years before his disappearance. He was there in the early stages of her literary journey, encouraging her and guiding her along the way. He supported every book project she worked on. They would exchange books upon each publication of theirs. But alas, like a puff of smoke, he vanished into thin air. Carissa wrestled all night with the best way to respond to his email. Not only had he requested her help, but he also wanted to know how she was doing. When morning came, Carissa opened her laptop and started to type. Dear Dario, in writing, she updated him on her journey and told him she would love to help him, but she was not sure she could at this time. Her business setup had changed. Unfortunately, she could not make an exception for him. No matter how fond and grateful she was of him, she could not help him before next year. How would he respond? Despite the mental turmoil, she reread the email and sent it off. It didn't take long for Dario uh, before he responded. Again, Carissa's heart skipped a beat. With bated breath, she opened the email to see if her bravery had paid off. Much to her surprise, Dario understood and said he would wait for her. He was thrilled to learn of her latest exploits and pleased with the path she had taken in their five years of no contact. He updated her on some of his activities in those missing years. Thus began for Carissa and Dario a new series of communication which they termed their literary engagements. Carissa was thrilled to have him back, but with a bit of trepidation. How long would he stay this time? As their literary engagements intensified, Carissa had long forgotten 
about the business pause and began helping Dario with his latest literary work. Carissa was giving him advice, but she was careful. After all, he was the teacher and she was a student. However, Dario saw her as his equal and welcomed her ideas, even when there were differences of opinions. As the months progressed, Dario's communication was steady and Carissa found herself looking forward to his emails and video calls. Even after all these years, Dario was still as handsome as ever with his golden face, distinguished white beard and bald head. Carissa became enraptured in their conversations. His intellect was quite stimulating and his accent made talking to him totally mesmerizing. One day in one of their literary engagements, Dario shared something about their meeting that time on the island. There was something about Carissa that caught his attention. And now at last he wanted to share it. Carissa was befuddled. She always wondered why he had taken such a keen interest in her affairs. Yet it never crossed her mind that Dario was interested in anything other than her literary success. He always had high praises for her and saw her going places. He was older, and though dashingly handsome, Carissa saw him as a mentor. Why was she slow to catch on? Her friends would always tease her about her slowness. Anyway, the time had come for the big reveal. In a note, Dario disclosed that in their first meeting, he had fallen in love with her, but dared not utter a word. Carissa could scarcely believe what she was reading. She read his note repeatedly. It was as if a 100-meter dash just exploded across her chest and her hands began to shake. <laughs> Can you write and publish a book faster than you thought possible? By the end of February, early March, I should have copies of Carissa's Second Chance for sale. <laughs> where you can purchase that directly from me. You can't purchase it online until, in terms of the print version, until the 10th of May. And so, yeah, <laughs> that's my exciting story and foray into writing fiction. Do you want to dabble in fiction? I dipped my toe in it. And so, of making many books, there is no end. So I want to encourage you to go pen it to win it and dominate entrepreneurship. This is Ruth Taylor saying, tough for now, until next time.